welcome to our first episode of Wine with HR. We are so excited to have you listening. Our goal with wine is to give our listeners, particularly our fellow HR practitioners, a little levity over the crazy situations that can arise in the workplace, while also providing some helpful tips for how to handle those crazy situations. Oh, wait, Julie, I think you forgot to remember, uh, we will be enjoying a glass of wine during our discussions. So we will be sharing what wines we're drinking and what we think of them, (laughs) for what that's worth. (laughs) And we encourage you to also join us in a beverage of your choice. Sit back, laugh a little. I think some of you may recognize these situations as ones that deserve a good cry and enjoy the show. (laughs) (laughs) I definitely didn't forget about the wine portion of the night, Trish. (laughs) Just making sure. I mean. (laughs) (laughs) But we'll get to that in just a second. So who are we anyway and and why should you listen to anything we have to say? That's a a fair question. So we'll tell you. My name is, yeah, right? My name is Julie Sumner, but you can call me Jules. I am a recovering labor and employment attorney. I spent 13 years litigating employment cases on behalf of employers. And at some point, I became very frustrated with how reactive litigation is. Uh, By the time I got a case, all I could do was damage control. So I wanted to do something that was more proactive. So six years ago, almost seven already, crazy, uh, I started Monarch Endeavors. And um, Monarch Endeavors, we help employers through their oh shit moments with their employees. So uh, when you don't know what to do, when you're like, I can't believe that just happened, uh, or when you're like, oh shit, that's when you call us. (laughs) I'm thrilled that I get to work with one of my very best friends, Trisha, who will tell you about her background, but it's uh, one of the joys of my life that our careers sort of converged and we get to work together. So Trish, you want to say a little bit about yourself? Absolutely. So the very, very funny part about all this is that Julie and I actually didn't even talk about going to law school. (laughs) We both just ended up doing it. Hey, by the way, I'm going to law school. (laughs) Um, So I graduated in uh, 2003 and said to myself, oh, good Lord, I do not want to do this. (laughs) I caught on early, but I still love the law and wanted to work with people. So no surprise then, it ended up being a perfect match with HR. Um, So that is what I have been doing with my career and was absolutely thrilled when the timing and the stars aligned and Julie and I got to work together. And trust me, you will be too. (laughs) (laughs) We do know how to have a good time. (laughs) Right? During those, well, yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Dream all the moments, not just the oh shit ones. <laughs> Truth. Okay, so now let's get to it. Trisha, what are you drinking? Well, I decided to go in a different route today because I think about all the time people walk into the store and they see the box wine and they're intimidated by it, right? They're like, oh, I don't want to appear cheap or oh, would it taste any good? So I decided to go with the black box, um, which is one of, I think, the more popular choices. And it's their deep and dark Cabernet Sauvignon out of Chile. 
and it is described as having rich aromas of dark fruit with lingering notes of berry. <laughs> and I... Well... I know, right? I was like, that is a great description. And it even says it has, like, gold medals and stuff. Um, so I was super stoked. And um, I have to say, I'm actually quite impressed. Um, so, so far, first few sips, um, I'm thinking, way to go, Black Box. Nice. What about you, Jules? What are you doing? So I'm being a little fancier. <laughs> no spread Ooh, there. Fabulous. Um, <laughs> I, right. you, know, you know I love my Italian reds. So I am drinking uh, yes. a, a, an Italian red called Le Caldere, which sounds French to me, but whatevs. Uh, it's Etna yes. Rosa, uh, and it is from the denominazione di origine <laughs> controllata. Uh, and so to that e pronunciation. Right? I know, my Duolingo <laughs> lessons are paying off. So even though I have taken Italian lessons for like 645 days straight, I cannot read this label, so I have no idea what it <laughs> says about anything. It is from the year 2015, and I have to say, upon first sip, it is lovely. Excellent. How do they describe it? Just they don't. That's what I'm saying. It's all in Italian. Oh, oh right. <laughs> I can't read it. <laughs> I can't read a darn thing. <laughs> so, you know. Duolingo, if you're listening, please step right? it up. Um, right? We need to be able to describe or understand our wines. <laughs> yeah, yeah, right? I know. I mean, it says red wine, so that's about all I got for you. Okay, so at this point in the program, we want to shift to the W-H-I-N-E of the show, where we strive to take the H out of the wine and provide you with some helpful solutions. So Trish, what's today's topic? All right, so I think this is a perfect topic for our first podcast. We are talking about a universal problem, managers not managing their people. Um, Julie and I always say most managers are promoted because they're great at their jobs, right? But not because they are great at people management. There's, there's a definite disconnect. And that might be because they're not comfortable in their role. Maybe they're not confident. Maybe they just really don't know what to do. So, Julie, I think you know why they don't know what to do. <laughs> well, yeah. I, you know, it's kind of twofold. As you said, they're promoted because they're good at their job, not because they're good at managing people. And then oftentimes employers don't take the time to train them or give them the resources or the tools to actually learn how to manage people. Uh, and then they're never held accountable. So it's oh, this vicious yeah. cycle where you have a manager who doesn't know what they're doing. They don't do it very well. <laughs> and then they're not held accountable for it. So it just keeps perpetuating itself. Uh, so, Trish, in your experience, what has poor management look like? Give us a couple examples. Well, let me see. I would say it manifests itself in a couple of ways. Um, the first one is the my way or the highway manager, you know, the one that's like a dictator. If you don't do it the way I'm telling you, it's not going to be right, no matter what, even if your ideas are the best, right? Mm -hmm. And then we have exactly the opposite the manager who wants to stay buddies, right? They're promoted. They've been friends with these people all of this time. And they don't have that separation between like being the boss and being the buddy or the friend. And then maybe somewhere in the middle, 
right? So we have those, like I said before, that are really good at the project management, but they just, they really truly don't know what to do when it comes to the people management. Yeah. And then oftentimes you have uh, what results is that something comes up and the manager, not knowing what to do, just closes his or her eyes, maybe sings himself a little ditty, and then hopes it just goes away. <laughs> right? Cross your fingers. Usually that's what we see. Cross your fingers. Yeah. Close your eyes. <laughs> <laughs> but that rarely ever works. And sooner or later, that's when we get the call. Right? Yes, I would say all of the time. Yeah. So are there some common examples of, again, sort of what it looks like when it shows up in the workplace? I would say the first one that comes to my mind, probably managers that don't hold their employees accountable for slacking off. Like, oh, okay, um, I'm going to leave two hours early. And then the next day, they come into work and there's no repercussions. Now this like seriously is a true story from um, a restaurant where I used to work, right? It just, it completely happened all the time and you're kind of going, how is this possible? And then later the management, the manager gets upset because someone's late and they're like, well, I've done this, you know, or leaves early. Well, I've done this for the last two months. So there's no consistency. Right, and then all the rest of the employees are like, well, I might as well leave early. Right. Or not show up, right? Because <laughs> nothing happens. So What's the point? Yeah. 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 Absolutely. That's a bad one. Um, another one is that I hear all the time, and I heard it just again this week uh, from one of my clients, is, well, we can't live without this person. So we can't take any oh. action. We can't hold them accountable. We can't fire them. We can't discipline them because they might quit because we can't do without them. And my response to that always is, can you continue? continue to do with this person because the impact of having somebody continually on the job and in that environment could create some significant risk for the company. So um, I had a situation recently where that sort of thing happened. There was a particular employee who had a habit of making offensive remarks to people in the workplace. uh, And every, he got away with it because again, he was you know, in their eyes, crucial to the job. High producer. <laughs> yeah, yep. And so they didn't want to do anything about it, so they didn't. And then a complaint came forward. Uh, now, in that particular complaint, there really wasn't any merit. There weren't any offensive or derogatory comments made. But the problem is, a couple weeks later, he got fired for making another offensive comment. <laughs> and then... Oh, my gosh. We're like, okay, well, now... We have to settle this other thing because nobody's going to believe that he didn't make a comment in just this one situation, right? They're all going to think, well, yeah, he has a habit of this. So, of course, he said it. So, people don't understand. Like, a lot of times, managers don't understand the greater impact when they let people get away with bad behavior. Oh, absolutely. And not even just the impact of what it could mean for them financially or getting drawn into a court battle. But what about the toxicity Right. I mean, all I can think about is like the the complaints I hear all the time, which is there's so much toxicity. My manager lets him get away with this or her let it get. Wait, I could hear you pouring your wine. I know. (laughs) (laughs) I thought I was being more subtle than that, but nope, I already need a refill. (laughs) (laughs) Well, it is wine with HR. I think you're okay. Yeah. Yeah. 
<laughs> oh, I, speaking of toxicity, though, wait, wait, wait. I got another one. What about okay. allowing your per, the personality conflicts to fester? Ugh. Like the the manager is so uncomfortable, and and I get it, right? Everybody, it seems conflict avoidant. They don't want to Mm -hmm. deal with conflict. So they let it go and they let it go and then it snowballs and where it was involving two people, now it's involving the whole department and you're watching your productivity go down the tank. Yeah, absolutely. (laughs) Absolutely. Yeah, it could all be solved by sitting down with the employees and having a conversation with them. But to your point, right? The lengths I have seen people go to to not have a conversation <laughs> to avoid is truly oh amar- goodness, yes. a, 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 amazing. You know, like these people could run a marathon in the amount of time and length that they went to to avoid a conversation. <laughs> <laughs> and probably easier, right? <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. So, so we have sort of an idea of what it looks like in the workplace, but let's shift to what, what do we do about it? How do we help people? Well. The good news, the good news is that there are several things that an employer can do or that HR can do. Uh, one of the first things that I recommend is before you promote somebody, you sit them down and explain to them what that actually means. <laughs> oh, you mean right? like actually managing their people? Yeah. It's yeah. not just a like, title change. Exactly. Yeah. Well, right. Because that's what typically happens, right? It's like, hey, congratulations. You've been promoted. Here's your new salary. Have fun. Ta-da. Right. (laughs) Right. And we don't talk about this means that you might actually have to discipline your friends. This means that you have to hold people accountable. This means that you have to find a way to delegate your work so that you can actually manage the whole team and the whole project. And I think if we had those conversations with people, some people, number one, would recognize, "Uh uh-uh, not for me, don't want it. And that's a good thing, right? Or they would at least understand what they're walking into and be better prepared for it. Fully agree. I mean, seriously, one of the things that I, I try to talk to our clients about is, look, we as HR managers or as HR anything, we have those people skills, right? But our skills can be taught. We can teach our managers those skills. And the sooner you do it, the better off your company is going to be, the better off that manager is going to be, and the more successful they're going to be as an employee. I mean, that's the biggest thing, right? We don't want to set our managers up to fail. And that's what we are doing if we're not giving them this training. Absolutely. So what does that training look like, Trish? So for me, I think some of the top ones, um, team building, right? I I think working with teams, it's one of the the most important thing is how do you get your team to work together? How do you get them to start creating those bonds? I mean, we are post-COVID and we always joke, um, but it's actually a serious thing that people have forgotten to human, like how to human. And so giving them that training on creating more deep, lasting relationships. We're not talking about being best friends. We're talking about deep, lasting relationships in the workplace, but they make an absolute difference. Or we've already, you already mentioned like how to work with personality conflicts from the management perspective, but what about when it comes to employee to employee? Conflict can be productive if it's done properly. Yeah. And sometimes it can be a bridge to 
a greater understanding that can lead to a better relationship. So I was just having lunch with somebody today who shared with me that one of, he is a leader in his company and he, uh, you know, had a new person come in and that person came in with some preconceived notions that for whatever reason, that he didn't want her there. Uh, and she reported to him. And so it, it, he, right from the get-go, he kind of noticed something was off, but he's like, yeah, we're new. We're still figuring each other out. You know, I'll let it go for a little while. Yeah. And then it became apparent that there was some sort of issue, you know? So he said, you know, I, it took me a moment to think, hey, I need to be the bigger person here. I'm the manager. He asked to speak with her. They sat down. He said, there's clearly some tension going on. You know, what from your perspective is happening? And she shared that she felt like for whatever reason, I think some people had been whispering in her ear, you know, uh, that he didn't want her there. And he was able to then clear up that misperception and say like, no, that's not it at all. You know, here's the yeah. truth. And then they were they work together wonderfully now. I love that from your perspective. Like that's such a great wording from your perspective mm -hmm. versus what what's going on or what are you accusing me of or something like right. that. It's such an right. open-ended conversation that leads to that kind of healing relationship that you're talking about. Absolutely. And that's what management is. You know, it's it's recognizing that something's going on and trying to get to the bottom of it. Yeah. But sometimes you got to check your ego, check your defensiveness and be willing <laughs> to just have a conversation and be willing to be, like, told that you're not doing things right. <laughs> you know? Honestly, some of my favorite managers are the ones who have come to me, especially when they recently get promoted, and they say to me, like, look, this is where I will succeed. This is where I feel like I am the strongest. Where where do you feel like you're strong? Will our skills complement each other? Is it possible that you can lift me up and even teach me? And when managers have said that to me, immediately I'm like all in. Yeah. And then the other thing is being willing to say like you screwed up or you didn't handle something well. So like I know totally. now, you know, Trisha, you and I just work together as partners, but we've both done it to each other. I've come to you and been like, yeah, I didn't handle that very well. <laughs> You know, yes, I'm really sorry that about that. I, I, I will I will do yeah. better. <laughs> well, and and I think that's one of the the reasons why it's so easy for us to tell people that this is effective is because we both experienced it ourselves, right? I've messed up and come back to you. You've messed up, come back to me. We've done it with other relationships, both professional and personal. I mean, everything we're talking about, it's not just about in the workplace, right? It's, right. it's everywhere. So it makes mm -hmm. a big difference. Being willing to be a little bit vulnerable and admit that you're wrong. Isn't it? So what? So what? You're wrong. Big deal. <laughs> Move forward. <laughs> right. So I hadn't planned on sharing this, but uh, so I was in my 10,000 small businesses program yesterday and I had like an aha moment. So we were talking about building a culture for uh, a team or a company. And one of the things they asked us about was what are some characteristics of your family culture? And the one that popped into my head, and Trish, you'll get this, is that my sisters and I are always so concerned about making sure that we're not hurting the other person, that we're being fair, that we're looking out for everybody else's feelings, that we often 
don't express how we truly feel oh. uh, because we're so worried about making sure everybody else is okay. All of us do it. Right. And then they yeah. said, okay, so what do you do in your business? Like, what is your, one of your styles or one of your weaknesses? And I was like, holy crap, it's the same exact thing. <laughs> like, <laughs> like sometimes, sometimes oh, wait, I- can I attest to that. You are so, <laughs> so good about the soft approach. <laughs> right, right. So like, it's, it, so it, it was really interesting for me to see like, oh my gosh, this does wow. go all the way back to- my upbringing, you know? Uh, And I think that it's important for people to recognize that sort of thing because as a manager, you do, to your point that you've made, Tricia, you do bring your whole self to work. And so you bring how you are with your family. You bring how you are with your immediate family, with your siblings, with your parents, with, with everybody in your outside life. You bring that and all of its baggage, good or bad, <laughs> into the workplace <laughs> with you. And it's typically how you end up managing your people. And if there are weaknesses in one area, they're probably likely showing up in the workplace as well. <laughs> and Okay, so this is making so much. I am cracking up right now. I mean, growing up with two people that are in like the social work psychology <laughs> industry, uh, does it make any sense to you that I'm always talking about the touchy-feely, building relationships, <laughs> being kind, expressing yourself, being honest? Yeah, so that yeah, makes there's, sense. No, there's no connection there. None. No, no. None at all. None at all. <laughs> wow, that's really cool. All right, see, you learn something every day. I haven't learned anything yet. That's my new one for today. Thank you very yeah. much. And I cheers. I, I cheers. feel like we need to be clinking glasses. I know, but, I know. All right, it's hard to... Oh, there. Perfect. (laughs) Okay. So the the last point I want to make about what HR professionals can do, getting a little bit back on track, is there's got to be a way to hold managers accountable. So one of the things that I know you and I have both seen is that even in like the performance evaluation process, there's no way to hold managers accountable for how they're managing their people. It's usually not even on the evaluation anywhere. There's quality control, right? (laughs) Yes, there's quality control, there's productivity, there's safety, there's, you know, all these other things, sales, whatever the metrics may be, but there's nothing for, oh, hey, I managed to make seven people leave because I'm such a (laughs) tyrannical, awful manager, you know? And there should be something, and there should be rewards for the people who are doing it really well. Absolutely. I think that we need to uh, set the expectations about what we want to see from our managers from a behavioral standpoint, right? We need to have those as part of, I mean, everybody has this uh, code of ethics or ethos or things that they say, these are what we value. But if you truly value those, why aren't they part of your performance management right. process? Right. Especially right. for your managers. Like, are you kidding me? Do you really value this? Right. <laughs> that's my biggest. Right. That's actually one of my top, like, oh, drives me yeah. crazy. <laughs> no, it's so true. It's so true. I tell people that yeah. all the time. You know, I'll ask a company, okay, so you have core values. Everybody does. How do you use them? You know, do they just sit on your website as a pretty little thing for people to read? Or are they actually things that you live and breathe? And do you, to your point, evaluate people based on how they're living or breathing those core values? 
It, it does really amaze me when we start working with a new client and we talk to them about these things that they say that are so important to them. These, these are our core values. These are our, this is our ethos. This is what we truly believe in. And then we go, oh, wait a minute. You mean your, your employees, if when we ask them, didn't even know what these were? So how are you living these and how are you holding your managers accountable for this? Why are these behaviorals, as, as us HR people like to call them, why are they not on your, on your performance management? It is ridiculous to me. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. All right. Did I just go down a rabbit hole there? <laughs> no, no. But you led to one of our future topics, which is talking about those core values and how you can use them to actually hold people accountable, even employees, not just managers. But so we'll get into that in another podcast. But a lot of times people think that there has to be a specific policy to somebody's behavior or action in order to discipline them or to terminate them or whatever the case may be. And oftentimes you can rely on those core values if you actually live and breathe them. So again, topic for another day, but we'll get there and hopefully you'll all come back. Right. Uh, Yes. yes, Let's talk about that importance, like, right? (laughs) Right. Absolutely. Absolutely. So hopefully you guys will join us for that conversation. Um, However, so now we want to, as we're nearing the end, because we don't want to talk your ears off on the very first episode, uh, we want to circle back and find out how the wine is tasting. So Trish, how is your wine tasting? Wait a minute, Julie, can I do one more thing before we start talking about our wine? of course. All right. So of course, the one thing that I think we would be really remiss not to mention is our manager boot camp. I'm shameless plug. Ah, yes. Woohoo! <laughs> like seriously. Woo-hoo! All right. So, so y'all, Julie and I both teach courses um, regarding HR generalist and internal investigations. We both go into companies. We have lots of clients. And the one thing, the one underlying thing, and the reason this has become our first episode is because we always hear complaints about managers. Oh, my manager did this, my manager did that. Oh, hey, Trish, I had a manager tell my employee that they should not take FMLA, but go out on short-term disability for the pregnancy leave because it won't reflect negatively on their performance evaluation. Like, I almost died. La, 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 <laughs> right? la, la, la. <laughs> right? That's exactly. So, so this, <laughs> so, all right. So the whole point of me sharing all this is that this is what led Julie and I to create our manager boot camp. And it's the reason I think most of you will resonate so much with this podcast is because we are talking about at least this this first episode so far. Hopefully, you're you're going to be with us for many more. But like this is the reason we came up with the boot camp because our managers bless them, bless them, right? And and part of it, hey, I'll I'll take fault. Maybe we're not training them enough, right? But that's what right. the manager mm-hmm. boot camp's about. So. We'll talk yep. more about that. I think there's going to be a leak in the link in the description later, right? A leak, <laughs> a, a leak, leak, a link, a what leak. <laughs> We're leaking. Yes, we're yes. dripping yes. on yes. you right now. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay, now that's creepy. Right, so, all right. HR red flag. Okay, okay, all right. So, 
How's your wine? How's your wine? Apparently very good because we're now <laughs> leaking rather than linking. <laughs> no, I'm actually really impressed by this. I think I will definitely get it again. Great for travel. Like if you're going off to, you know, going on vacation, you want to take something with you and easy travel. Okay. All right, good. I will have to try it. Um, I am loving this wine, and I hope that there is another bottle or two downstairs in the wine fridge. It is is very delightful, so I'm very happy about that. Well, please reserve Uh, one for me when I come to see you soon. (laughs) Yes, yes. Okay, so summing up today, our three top tips for you are to set the expectations when somebody becomes a manager, provide them with the right training and the tools to actually manage their people, and third, hold them accountable. And not just If you do those three things, (laughs) yeah. If you do those three things, you're way ahead of the game. Way ahead. (laughs) And not just your managers, everybody, right? Hold them accountable. Mm. Yes, accountability is a huge one. Yes. Again, another topic for another Ooh, day. And consistency. Uh, <laughs> we t- let's talk about consistently enforcing things in the future too, please. <laughs> yes, yes, we will. There's so many topics. Oh, endless, endless topics. <laughs> We're going to need a lot of wine. We will. And we'll get to try all new kinds. What I want to know is I'm hoping, I'm hoping some of the people listening went from W-H-I-N-ing, right, to laughing with us. Absolutely. And so to those of you who are listening, we invite you to tell us. Our contact info is going to be in the information section. Tell us what you, what topics you want to hear about. Uh, we'll be happy to do that. And also, if you want us to try a particular wine, oh, send it to us. Great idea. We'll get it. We'll try it. It'll be awesome. And tell us what you're drinking. Oh, red, white, rosé, any kind. (laughs) (laughs) Absolutely. Absolutely. All right. Well, thank you so much for joining us for this first episode. We hope that you will continue to join us on further episodes. Uh, And until then, we'll catch you next time. And we hope that your days contain far more wine, the drinkable kind, than wine, the makes me want to drink kind. (laughs) Cheers. Cheers. Do you love news about LinkedIn, Indeed, Google, and just about every other recruitment tech company out there? Hell yeah. 
I'm Chad. I'm Cheese. We're the Chad and Cheese Podcast. All the latest recruiting news and insights are on our show. Dripping in snark and attitude. Subscribe today wherever you listen to your podcasts. We We out. out.